Hello and welcome to the new Spiro podcast where we interview experts, authorities and characters on all things spearfishing. Come and join us after the show at noobspiro.com, the online spearfishing community helping you to become a better Spiro. Here are your hosts for the show, Shrek and Turbo. So, g'day, Noob Spiro community. Today we have a popular traveling Spiro on the show. Uh, she got started on Ascension Island, believe it or not. Valentine Thomas comes from Canada. Um, she lives and dives out of London these days. Um, Valentine, you got a world record for an Atlantic Jack. What sort of fish is that? So, what is the family of uh, the... Um, the? I got a big black jack as well, and I was there, and they're quite similar to them. You'd have the same face as the giant trevally as well. Okay. Did you shoot that on Ascension Island? Yes, I did, on my second trip to Ascension Island. Oh, cool. How many trips have you had there? Two. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, you, I, I, you've got around a bit. You, you spent a bit of time diving in South Africa. I'm looking forward to digging in all these stories, I guess. I guess you could just tell us sort of a bit about yourself and, and how you got started. Yes, uh, basically I started about uh, four years and a half ago. One of my friends was uh, going to Egypt to get his freediving better and he just invited me to tag along and I just went there and after I learned to freedive they told me, look the next step is to put a gun in your hand and we're planning a big trip in a session in, in April and I think you should start training and come with us. Wow. And I did. That's awesome. So your first trip as a spearfisher woman, was Ascension Island, which is like... Not bad. It's like Nirvana for a lot of spearers. We see some great fish shot out of there. Some Cameron Kirkconnell ones are pretty oh, memorable. Yeah. Um, what was your first trip like? What was your sort of first first dive like? What was your first fish? Uh, my first fish actually ever was in... Um, so it was the first day on the boat. Um, I've never been done spearfishing before. We went blue water hunting as well, so we were quite <laughs> far away from the shore. Uh, so the sea, it was raining, the waves was enormous, and the sea was completely black. It was quite scary, and everybody was in the water apart from me. I was sitting in the boat, and I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. <laughs> then my friend was like, come, 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 check under, come, check under. I'm like, okay, fine. I sat down on the boat. I just took a deep breath, and I just jumped in, and I just realized that even though the sea's black on the top, it was so beautiful inside. Yeah. So my friend told me, do a few dives, try to get used to diving with a big gun and things like that. I, I was there with a 120 and uh, I did that and on my second dive on my way up I see this massive 12 kilo blackjack just looking at me. Wow. Um, so obviously as a beginner rocky mistake I swam towards the fish Yeah. and he went away. Then yeah. I just stopped swimming and he just turned right around to have a look at me and I stoned it. <laughs> wow. Oh, nice. 12 kilo fish on your first and that was your first fish? It, yeah, that was my first fish ever. Stone. And then I went to the surface. And obviously, because it was on my way back up, I started seeing stars a little bit. I was really dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> right, wow. So, so you started off freediving. <laughs> yep. um, and you just sort of completed a course. And you got invited on an Ascension Island trip. The conditions were far from ideal, especially mm -hmm. starting out. What sort of depths were you diving on that sort of first day? And, and I guess, where'd you go from there? Uh, well, we were, I, I thought it was very easy. So obviously that day I was doing maybe 12 meters dives. And after the end of the trip, I was able to go a little bit deeper. Yep. Uh, during my free diving course, I made it to about 25 meters. And now I can dive comfortable to probably 20. Wow, oh, wow. that's epic. You're diving better than me. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, so um, did 
Did you have an ongoing mentor with your with your spearfishing? Um, not really. Actually, I have I have several mentors. Uh, obviously, my first friend that uh, taught me how to spearfish. Uh, his name is Eduardo Godino. He was he's always going to stay my main mentor because he taught me pretty much everything I know within the sport. Um, but I guess along the way, I I met a lot of different people with different experience, and I think that when you think about the fact that the sea so unexpected is so different and different part of the world, um, everybody that spearfish and a different place and have different experience has something different to teach you as well. Mm. So I got so much knowledge for different people all over the world. So I guess this is a little bit of mentor in everybody I met so far. Oh, that's awesome! I, I saw a video with you probably. Three months ago, I think it was Rob Allen was teaching you his filleting technique. Yes. <laughs> that, that looked like a bit of an experience. Have you got the knack? Uh, it was actually when we compare his fillet and mine, it was mine looked like it was eating by a shark, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I think my first um, probably 20 fish were like that, so I wouldn't worry about it. So what's your current greatest challenge to becoming a spearer? I know you live in London at the moment and you, you're dealing with some pretty rubbish conditions there. I mean... You'd be jumping over the back deck into the Thames River every day, I suppose. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, for sure. I mean, my main my main problem is living in the middle of the city. Um, the the closest diveable water, I would say, is about three hours drive. Okay. Oh, yeah. I do it sometime, but the weather is so unstable that it's really hard to find and plan a good sunny weekend to go dive as well. Okay. Uh, but it's possible, what, especially what? China Islands, they're really pretty, the sea's quite clear, you can got a good maybe 10, sometimes 12 meters of vis, so it's not that bad. Okay, so whereabouts is that? Um, it's basically the, 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 in the sea between France and the UK. Okay, cool. So you have Jersey, Guernsey and Alderney, so yeah. the three main um, China Islands. Alright, cool. Could you share with our audience the story of your first memorable fish that you speared? I mean, you've already told us about your first blackfish. Um, apart from that, what, what sort of sticks out for you? Um, well, I mean, that blackjack was definitely my, my, my first memorable fish. Um, otherwise, after that, it was when I was in this... I was in an island somewhere in the um, Indian Ocean, and a local guy... Uh, offered me to take me out for a dive and I was like okay fine um, on the first trip we promised him to to give him fins back so when he came back we gave her a nice pair of divers fin and he was really happy so in exchange he said let me take you spearfishing get there get on the boat the boat was it looked literally looked like a plank of wood with a little motor on it it looked <laughs> <laughs> so this little brother show up with a very old scuba diving um, wetsuit the zipper is broken you probably can put five of them inside of that wetsuit because it's so big but the poor guy is trying to push the boat away and we get to next to rocks the current was extremely extremely strong I could barely swim there and underwater, you could barely go to the bottom because the current was so strong. And the gun that the guy has was maybe a 40, but it was so, so old that it was really not powerful at all. I shot a jock fish and the spear bounced on it. <laughs> so it was quite bad. So this guy was following his big brother that has this, this really, really bad gun. And the shooting line was in a roll around a stick. <laughs> so it's had too big for him was following him holding the shooting line on a stick swimming behind oh, it was man. so that was probably one of my cool. <laughs> what's just what's the scariest moment you've had out spearfishing what did you learn from it what were your takeaways uh my 
scariest moment was uh, an Ascension Island, actually. Um, the water was uh, really flat and really nice, and there was no wind, and all of a sudden, just everything picked up. Uh, the waves started to get quite big, and I couldn't find my body. Uh, the shore was quite far, and I was trying to swim towards it, but I was just going absolutely anywhere. Yeah. And obviously, because when I was younger, I got quite a big fear about the sea, so I started panicking completely, and I couldn't find anything. So I just hung on to my float, and I just tried to say, okay, well, I'm just going to wait that something happens, I guess. So obviously, freaking out, looking in the water, there's no shark circling me or something. <laughs> and uh, after probably the longest 15 minutes of my life, I saw a bungee passing next to me. Yep. So I just grabbed it, and I just pulled on the person that was next to it. And I was like, oh, thank God, there's somebody here. <laughs> so... It was a childhood fear of yours, the sea. Yes, definitely. Uh, when I was about uh, 14, I almost drowned in the southwest of France. Wow. So a lifeguard had to come pick me up in the water. I, just, I got caught by underwater currents, so they had to transport me up to and everything. So you really had to overcome some, some sort of baseline fears just to get started spearfishing, and, and now you've got a sort of a mad passion for it by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I expected only to overcome my fear, but it just went completely it became a passion actually so it's really it's really nice i'm really happy about that yeah awesome Arrgh! it's time to open the veterans vault all right so uh barnacle bob and veterans vault now you've spent a fair bit of time blue water hunting you've spent a lot more time blue water hunting than turbo and i have um i'd, I'd just like for you to sort of lay out a few basics for getting started blue water hunting of course. Um, well, blue water hunting was my first experience um, regarding spearfishing. Um, I had quite a special relationship with it. If you if you don't dive deep, uh, then you don't have to worry as much about. Um, I mean, you don't have to dive deep. You don't have to get worried about the current. You, you, basically, you you fear completely different than when you say when you reef dive, by example, um, because the danger and the experience. Um, so everything is really different. You, you have a boat next to you and you're drifting, so you don't have to think about different elements that you would be if you if you would be on your own, by example. Um, so obviously starting to do that, especially it was my first day spearfishing, was a bit stressful when you have so much meters of water below you and you just can't see the shore and you can't see anything around you. You have no point of, of, of guidance, so it's just you floating in the ocean. Um, I think that when you do blue water hunting, a fish, uh, a float is definitely necessary. You never know what you can encounter. You can be a fish of a lifetime, you can be a shark, you never know. And just to have a float with you, I feel much safer with that. Uh, but when you have a float, it means you have a bungee attached to your gun. And a bungee means that you can get a tangle with it. So especially if, let's say, you see a tuna and you shoot it, if the bungee is around your arm, then the fish could drag you to... If it decides to go to 100 meters deep, where well, you're going to go with it. So you really have to worry that everything is free, that no, nothing on, on, on your body is entangled in your float. Um, so basically, what I do to avoid that is I use quite the thicker bungee that you have. So it's like a massive, big um, black elastic. So that way you can see it easily because it's bigger than the, the chances of tangling are much. Uh, so basically, yeah, you have the gun which is attached to your um, which is attached to to your gun, and you just have to be sure because the line is quite big as well. Your your floating line is about twenty five to thirty meters, so it's really really to have it in the way, you even to have your body in the way as well of it. Have you got a a fish that's sort of quite memorable, blue water hunting in specific? And tell sort of take us there. 
what 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 went through your head what was your sort of what was the, what was your mindset um i guess the most memorable fish which is in my opinion one of the one of the hardest fish to catch is definitely um the wahoo so the wahoo is a really special species because you you can't look at it in the eye so you have to make sure that the way you hunt it is really you have to either play like an injured fish you have to make sure you're not looking at it okay. so either you have to put your hand in your mask or you have to play a little bit swim funny so the so you so you catch the attention of it so it's going to come around and come and try closer so, so otherwise you, you, if you don't you're, you're swimming you're swimming sort of like in an under uncoordinated way like you're injured is that right yes exactly the, well, i've never good. heard that i've never heard of anybody doing that ever that's cool yeah it was somebody a trick that somebody told me in ascension island actually yeah wow because um shrek actually swims like that normally <laughs> and he's never seen a wahoo so i don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> uh, so so you're you're doing your trick valentine you're swimming unco and you had a wahoo approach her or you had several approach her? no i've had a few i've had a few encounter when they just actually like that they stay at a very safe distance so they know that they know that if they stay at something like 10 meters that you can see them but you can't shoot them either they're really really clever fish as well so i saw a few that they're just standing there and they're just like hello <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've, yeah i've I haven't shot one yet have you Shrek? no i haven't i uh i actually got in the water and my mate had one on um on a real gun that wow. he smashed it and i and he said get in the water get in the water so i dived straight into the water off the boat and i got in and there was one about oh a meter and a half two meters from my face you know and i was just like yes i'm gonna shoot a wahoo and then he keeps screaming he goes i need a second shot need a second shot and because i'm just such a good guy i actually went and second shot that fish so i missed mine and i reckon it would have gone about 25 kg Wow, that was a good fish. Shrek's wow. never even seen one, have you? No, haven't seen one. So your first one, Valentine, did did you stone it again, or or did you get a nice good run out of it? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the wahoo, like the Spanish, uh, all, pretty much all the mackerel, you can't shoot it in the head. You have to shoot it between the dorsal fin. It's really, it's a really because it's a really soft fish as well. You have to be really careful when you're pulling it out of the water because it can just tore apart completely you're gonna lose it so how, how big was your first one did it gave you a good run it ran pretty hard uh no it wasn't too bad it wasn't that big so i can't remember it was i didn't wait it so i couldn't tell you well that's pretty cool so what else about blue water hunting valentine uh well sharks definitely <laughs> in africa it was my first time that i was exposed that much with sharks um you feel them as well. You blue water hunting um, in Sodwana Bay, which is very close of the border of Mozambique, and you feel really observed in the water. So you're spearfishing, and you know that there's something around, and you know you know it's observing you, and you can't see him, but you know it can't see you definitely. And you just like that when you're gone, and you're trying to look around, and you can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. If, if you dive maybe to 25 meters, then you try to see the bottom, and then you see the bull shark around, and there's something <laughs> by there circling, but at the bottom that you can't see when you're in the surface. So it was a little bit freaky, especially when you go down and you don't see them anymore. You're like, whoo, <laughs> where yeah. are they? <laughs> yeah, hide it in dirty water when you, you've seen one or two for the day, and then they're sort of not there for a little while, and you know they're there, and they know where you are but you can't see them and it's always in the back of your mind that as soon as you get a fish and they just sort of show up again exactly my friend uh, we went to do uh, a little bit closer from the shore and it was about 50 meters but a viz that day was really bad uh, next to the shore and um, my friend shot a fish and he, we didn't see anything he just pulled back the fish and half of it was missing and we were like okay <laughs> <laughs> 
We can't see it, but there's something around. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more scary when you don't see them than when you see them. I've had some friends that have been towed around. They've had um, fish tied onto their floats on a hard line. And a shark's got hold of it and just dragged them, sort of scale dragged them like 50, 100 meters in high speed in the opposite direction. Um, wow. And so uh, uh, that guy, he never ever uses a wire stringer on his float. He always uses nylon. That way the shark will bite through it rather than, you know, losing all your gear potentially. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a concern in New Zealand with bronze whalers particularly. And um, we, get, we, we do get some good shark activity around here. Yeah. I saw a photo on Facebook and you were sort of surrounded by hammerheads. What was that like? Um, it was, oh, we didn't see it. We only saw a couple of hammerheads in Africa. Um, okay. I saw a lot of black ticks though. Uh, so I was surrounded by maybe, they were definitely over 20 black tips around us and obviously because there was so much fish um we didn't i left my spear gun in a boat there was no way there was no way i could fish anyway with that much shark being there yeah so i just started to free dive and one of them just came right to my face so you were almost nose to nose and i was like okay and my friend don't back out don't back out and that's really easy to say <laughs> yeah. i have a shark checking me out from that close and as well a little bit later i was diving down and i wasn't looking when i was going i guess like a typical woman driving <laughs> so i went down and i i just my head hit the shark so I did a head-to-head -head with a shark. Wow. wow. Really? I went left. He went right. <laughs> we were both super scared of each other, looking at each other like, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a common question that people ask um, you when you do spearfishing. They say, oh, what about the sharks? And I mean, you, you probably get asked about it all the time. And you've had a lot of experience in the water with sharks. What do you sort of say to people when they ask about sharks? Um, well, a lot of people are telling me, but basic question, like, how come they don't eat you? <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't want to eat me. <laughs> and it's sharks are part of the sports, and it's, as long as you try to respect their space, you just have to make people understand that if you're not inside of their bubble on purpose right. then they're probably going to leave you alone for sure if you have a bleeding fish in your hand which is moving like that you're looking for trouble <laughs> all right so what's the funniest thing you've experienced out spearfishing valentine oh i don't think my friend's going to be very happy about me telling the story but <laughs> uh it was actually in an ascension island and uh, my friend just bought this green this green wetsuit from Rabalin and i told him oh you look like a turtle a little bit in your wetsuit <laughs> and where we get in blue water there is this gigantic turtle just grab him from behind and start humping him <laughs> <laughs> oh. so obviously he was laughing my ass off i had to get out on a boat because i was laughing too much i was scared i was going to drown it was hilarious and nobody could understand why i was laughing that much yeah. <laughs> did you get a photo of it sorry did you get a photo of it happening? No, I don't actually. I was just, I was too busy laughing. My friend yeah, just keeps yeah. banging with the back of his gun and the turtle head to try to get him away. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He didn't find it funny though. <laughs> All right, Valentine, it seems uh, Pedro is in the studio. Hola, Pedro. See, it's time for Noob Spiro's Fast Five Facts. Ah, yeah, yeah. So this is where we ask you um, your top five fast facts that or pieces of advice that you'd like to have had when you started out um okay so uh, first of all it would be to dive as much as possible so the more experience can um, help you uh face more situations uh take the time to understand your gear before using it especially with blue water hunting uh number three would be work on your fear because it's the most um 
it's basically the most dangerous aspect of spearfishing. If you're gonna be scared, you're gonna you can be in really big trouble. Four always over the body, obviously, and five look around and appreciate what you see because the sea is overused. That in a few years you might not be able to see landscapes like that, especially in the water. For number three, um, work on fear, because um, you you seem to be. To, to me, you seem like a bit of an authority on this because you've overcome quite a few fears to get where you are with spearfishing. What sort of advice would you give to people to overcome their fear? Um, that if you put the time to understand and face a danger, you're definitely going to be able to, to, to overcome it. Um, it's For me, when I started, I was looking at the sea and I was shaking. It was, it was that bad. Yeah. Really? But by taking more time and then by taking chances, then that's how you manage to, 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 to get over it, basically. And now I'm fine. Even I'm still a little bit stressed when I go shore diving and the current is quite strong because because I was out, I'm a girl and I'm so light. So coming back to the shore might be harder for me than the big six foot and uh, 200 pound dude. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, cool. All right. That's good. I like that. So your fast five, I've got dive as much as possible. Number two. Take the time to understand your gear. So um, there's all sorts of things you can do to do that. I like get a good explanation in the shop and, you know, practice with it in the swimming pool. Number three, work on your fear. And uh, number four, dive with a buddy. Number five, appreciate appreciate the ocean for what it is and, and where it is today. So I like your points with fear. Um, when you are uncomfortable, when you're headed out for a shore dive, um, do you have a routine to help you relax? So, sort of something that you do to help just chill out and enjoy it? Um, on, on the corner of my way there, I tend to um, I tend to breathe and try to do the deep breath that I that I learned during my freediving course. So the really deep when you breathing completely through all the way through your stomach and like that. If you control your breathing, then in the water, if you manage to do that, then you're gonna be able to basically survive in a way every type of fear that it can that can come uh, near you. Because if you're in the water, you panic then the situation is just going to get worse. And you need to learn how to control your body, your breathing, and the way your brain thinks. And it's, it's I think this is the hardest part for me in spearfishing, is to be able to face something unusual and keep calm. Yeah, now that is something. And I think that that that's kind of that edge which spearfishing has, that kind of, that motion, that sometimes it's like you, it's calm and serene, and then the next minute it's like anarchy. And it's like there is this kind of there's this draw factor to that. There's unpredictability that makes the sport so so interesting to be a part of. And it seems like you've got the bug, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. This is actually why I prefer. Uh, that's why I like blue water hunting. Is the surprises can come from much more places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what would be one one of the most impressive fish that you're the most proud of in your in your time spearfishing? How long have you been spearfishing, by the way? Not long, about four years. So it's it's not um not for a long time um the most the fish i'm most proud of it's actually it's gonna sound ridiculous but it's actually a crayfish yeah cool because i'm scared to death to grab a crayfish oh yeah have you seen this video of the guy getting bitten on his finger by a crayfish no i haven't well i've seen that <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that so i refused in africa my friend would tell you just grab it by the thing there's nothing can do you I said it can do something to you it can bite you i saw it i saw it on youtube it can bite you and after about an hour and a half i finally managed to grab one i manned up and i found finally grabbed one awesome yeah, did, nice. did so you Even got though, you got that crayfish back to the surface did you did you eat that Yes, we did. 
procured that night, which is really good. <laughs> so you ate the thing that you were scared of. That's got to be pretty satisfying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was well. All of those when I was in um, Alderney, the Channel Islands, my friend told me, "Yeah, there's a lobster in the on the bottom. Catch it." I'm like, "Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> like, grab it, grab it." I was like, "No, no, it won't. Yes, it will. Okay, fine, I'll do it myself." He grabbed it. He got pinned by a lobster. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. owls don't even have any nippers or pincers over here. They actually can't do anything to you. In New Zealand, they do the the front mandibles and the bigger crays, especially. They'll they'll crush you like um if you get your hand in the wrong place. So I do know. What, yeah. What, what Valentine's coming from? Yeah, yeah. I've never even seen one with, a, with any nippers. Yeah, yeah we'll send you the video. Yeah. Cool. Getting this finger stuck, and you can see it, this, this finger is completely crushed after. Yeah. I've seen someone um, a put a crayfish up their wetsuit, and um, like the legs were forward, and it was quite a big crayfish, and it's sort of like latched into his chest. And I mean, it hasn't pierced the skin or anything, but like. Yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't pleasant. It looked pretty yeah. scary. Uh, not my idea of a good time. But it's so good in a barbecue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So crucial kit for noobs. So what piece of equipment is essential starting out um, spearfishing, and, and what brands do you recommend? Um, well, because because I do blue water blue water hunting. Obviously, uh, my favorite brand is Rob Allen. Um, that's the brand I used when I started. Yep. So that's what I got used to. But I just think he does a little bit of bits and pieces that I think are really interesting. Um, obviously, as a girl, you can't go with only one brand at this stage because they only do little parts that are adapted for women. Yeah. So you need to go get few uh, equipment from different companies if you want to cover everything. Cool. All right. Well, let's um actually let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, as a woman, where do you? Like, we'll start with the wetsuit. What, what sort of brands would you recommend for women? Well, you have to go custom made. That's that's for sure. Um, a lot of different company now does um, uh, wetsuit for women. You just have to be sure that they've done it before. Otherwise, you're gonna get it wrong. Okay. Um, so you, if you just ask, yep. if you just ask your friend and try to find people that uh, already had one, then that way you can probably the best way. If you try it, if you look at it, uh, I know my Rebellion one is amazing. I really really like it. Um, also have a custom made one from a guy in the UK that does it just by himself. It doesn't even have a brand on it. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, have a deep suit as well from Deep Magazine. So he gave it to me and it's smooth. Cool. It's not ideal smooth when you're fishing, but cool. yeah, right. What what other equipment? Um, you, like obviously some of the the guns use 18, 20 mil um, bands. That, that'd be a bit hard for you to load, I'd imagine. What sort of, yes, I, I actually I cannot load 20 mil. I load 16s only. Yeah. And uh, I use a loader. Okay. So a loader is like for the people that look what it is. So it's um an extra piece of um of elastic. Yep. And you hook the loader to the to your main elastic on your gun. Yep. So then it creates a skin set of elastic. Okay. So then you load it firstly, and that's quite easy for you. So you can load it on your hip or something like that. Then you put it on your sternum, then you're going to be able to reach. Otherwise, with a 120, I can't even reach the band, which are at the end of the gun. So that way, it gives you more power to load the bigger gun. So now with a loader, I can load a 130 with 6mm band. So that's not too bad. Yeah, that's cool. That's more That's more than enough. That's what you need. Even blue water hunting, that'd be a good good setup. All right. What what advice would you give to um, young women interested in starting spearfishing? Specific advice for them. To, to definitely get out there, to appreciate, to be able to appreciate the ocean and to appreciate the fact that you're able to catch your own food. 
And obviously, when you never experience it, sometimes it can be like, oh, but it's disgusting if the fish is going to be blood and everything like that. But no, when you're in the water, even as a woman, you, you discover basic instinct that you would not think that they are inside you before trying that. And I think that women, we actually have a little bit of, we have good instincts while, while hunting. And it's something that you can't discover if you don't try it. So just get in the water, go try it. I'm pretty sure you're gonna like it, pretty <laughs> and cool. your boyfriend's gonna like it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I took a girlfriend of mine out once, and um, and she shot her first fish, and she was wrapped. And then uh, and then we got schooled by a bunch of uh, uh, the locals in Australia, and they are wobbygong sharks, and like they're like a pretty harmless bottom dweller. But she sort of freaked out, and she got back in the boat, and we made major mistakes. So she got in the boat, and we just assumed that she could drive the boat, but she couldn't. So she drifted onto a reef and there was quite a bit of swell rolling. So it wasn't too long before she was side on to the swell on a breaking piece of reef. And I remember coming up and looking up and just freaking out. And she's in the boat with just sheer terror on her face, like white knuckle to the gunnel going, what do I do, what do I do? I've gone, just start the boat. And she's going, I don't know how to start the boat. And we came so close to losing that boat that day. I sort of just hightailed it, jumped in and sort of drove it around the back of the waves. But... We just didn't think, like, we didn't think, oh, her skill level's not sort of up there with everybody else, so nearly cost us a boat. Mm. Pretty, um, that would probably be my scariest wow. time out diving, I'd say. That's a good insight, too, though. Like, I think a lot of people do assume that you know more than you do when you're starting, and you, it's kind of a hard place to be in when you're new because no one wants to say, oh, I don't know how to do that. Like, yeah. and then by the time they find out, it's too late, so. Well, I think, I think as well, it, it was really important for me for the first times that I were diving to be somebody that put me really in confidence. Yep. So you need to you need to always, always dive to somebody that you can trust as well. And it's gonna play really a big part in putting you at ease in the water. And if something bad happens to you, let's say, I don't know, you get a little bit of stars when you come out of water, if you you see sharks or things like that, it's really important to get back there really as quick as possible. And the longer you wait after that, then the harder it's going to be to come back. Get back up on that horse, eh? Yeah, exactly. Very <laughs> good. Cool. So you've got a popular Facebook page, Valentine. you got like 5,000 likes or something. You're very popular on Facebook. <laughs> so obvious, obviously our audience can find you there, Valentine Thomas on Facebook. Um, what, what else? For our audience, have you got a call to action for our audience? Uh, well, as also actually, I put my prettiest picture on Instagram, which okay. is uh, Valentine Thomas. It used to be, <laughs> I used to put my dogs and things like that, but then I realized nobody wants to see my dogs, so I just put spearfishing <laughs> pictures now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's cool. Um, have you got any parting pieces of guidance for our audience? Any... Uh, just be safe and really just try to enjoy your time and do that with people you love and. Enjoy the sea because by the look of it, that's going down really quickly. <laughs> yeah, okay. What, what's the situation like in the UK? Like, are the fisheries sort of declining rapidly? Well, the cod is definitely overfished, so it's really rare that you're going to find that. Um, sea bass, you can still have a lot. Uh, what's good with the UK, it's really shallow diving. So probably 15 meters is going to be a maximum that you're going to be diving in, which is good. Yeah. But uh, you can still see a little bit of crabs and things like that, but and everywhere, it's not where, what it used to be. Is, is that an impact from spearfishing? Like, do you think that the, the spearfishermen in, um, in the UK are having like a bit of an impact in that sort of 15 metre mark? No, uh, not at all. I think we're probably 50 in total, so I really don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so commercial fishing. 
I don't think that's fishermen and the world makes a difference. Hmm. Yeah, no. Compared to anything else, we're nothing. Which is why I find it a little bit funny when people are saying, I got a lot of hate as well on Facebook. I got a lot of people saying, you're a murderer, you kill fish, yeah. but you buy grocery shop. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah. well, I think we are having a little bit of an impact, to be honest. Yeah, in our local area. It depends, yeah. Um, studies have been done. Um, and, and yeah, recreational fishermen in general do have an impact on the environment. But when you're in the UK and there's 50 of you, I, I, I'm, I'm imagining that impact is fairly light. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's good. So, yeah, everyone's copping a bit of flack on social media. And we just um, talked to someone that was big on how to, how to do social media wisely as a Spiro. And it's hard, isn't it? Because people... People do want to say, talk crap about you. Yeah. Uh, All right. Great to talk to you. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me. And um, I really hope we're going to see you soon in Australia. Yeah. Cool. Come over this way. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today, Noob Spiro. If you'd like to find out any more information from today's guest, then head over to noobspiro.com. We really appreciate you guys as listeners. Without you, we couldn't do the show. So if you want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes or head on over to noobspiro.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We won't send you crap. So that's all from us. A big hooroo. We hope to see you soon. Shrek over and out. <laughs>